0: You are listening to Community Supported Radio, KVMR-FM, Nevada City, KCPC, Camino. Today is Monday, February twenty 2021. I'm Joyce Miller, and this is the KVMR Evening News. Right after the latest NPR news headlines, we'll have the California Report from KQED Public Radio. Then, National Native News reports on felony vandalism charges brought against activists who toppled a statue of Junipero Serra at Mission San Rafael. California News Service looks into the link between oil exploration and health problems. And, after a roundup of regional news and weather, Alan Stoller gets into the weeds about rocks. For their generous support of KVMR, we thank Suns Development and the Alternative Building Center, offering environmentally considerate building design and materials since 1999, supplying recycled cotton insulation, local clay plasters, hemp shield exterior wood finishes, and other bio-based products. Idaho, Maryland Road, Grass Valley, sunsdevelopment.com. And Beneficial Biologics. Locally produced organic gardening products, founded in Humboldt County in 2010, offering nutrient delivery systems, striving for strong plants and garden performance. Distributed nationally, available locally. Product information at beneficialbiologics.com. Here are the latest headlines from National Public Radio.
1: Live from NPR News, I'm Jack Spear. President Biden's nominee for Attorney General Merrick Garland says the Capitol insurrection investigation will be a top priority if he's confirmed to lead the Justice Department. NPR's Ryan Lucas has more from Garland's confirmation hearing today before the Senate Judiciary
2: Committee. Merrick Garland called the assault on the Capitol a heinous attack on American democracy and said that he would ensure the prosecutors have all the resources they need to get the job done. He also vowed to protect the department's independence from partisan political interference. The department, under if I am confirmed, will be under my protection for the purpose of preventing any kind of partisan or other improper motive in making any kind of investigation or prosecution. On civil rights, Garland said the Justice Department has a critical role to play in ensuring equal protection under the law for all Americans. Garland is widely expected to win confirmation with support from both
1: sides of the aisle. Ryan Lucas, NPR News, Washington. With the U.S. COVID-19 death toll now past the 500,000 mark, far and away the highest in the world, President Biden honored the dead with a moment of silence today. He's also ordered flags be flown at half-staff. Virus responsible for the disease has hit virtually every area of the country. And as the nation passed this latest unwelcome milestone, experts warn despite vaccines starting to roll out, another 100,000 U.S. deaths are likely over the next few months. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is pledging state action to help people facing sky-high electricity bills after last week's winter storm. Remember station KERA in Dallas, Christopher Connolly reports the State Utility Commission has now issued a moratorium on energy shutoffs as state lawmakers consider their options.
3: In January, the electric bill for Shannon Mars's family was $260. So far, this month's bill is more than $10,000.
4: We are trying to explain this to our seven year old kids, how much money this meant. And we said, this could be a car.
3: Texas's deregulated electricity market allows for the sale of unusual policies like the ones the Marses have, which is designed to fluctuate with the wholesale market. When the price of wholesale electricity spiked dramatically during last week's brutal winter storm, they couldn't get out of their plan. Widespread outrage is forcing public officials here to consider aggressive intervention in the state's energy market. I'm Christopher Connolly in Dallas.
1: Dominion Voting System says it's filed a $1.3 billion defamation lawsuit against the Pillow guy. Lawsuit alleging the head of the Minnesota-based pillow company, Mike Lindell, falsely accused Dominion of rigging the presidential election, ignoring repeated warnings from Dominion to stop. Dominion also accused Lindell of repeatedly telling what the suit refers to as the big lie, namely that the company somehow helped steal the election from former President Donald Trump. On Wall Street today, the Dow was up 27 points, the Nasdaq down 341 points. This is NPR. Trailblazing director, actor, and playwright Douglas Turner Ward has died at his home in Manhattan. He died Saturday at the age of 90. Ward was co-founder of the Negro Ensemble Company, an influential award-winning company devoted to black playwrights and actors. Jeff London has this remembrance.
5: Born Roosevelt Ward Jr. in Louisiana, he took the name Douglas Turner Ward in honor of Frederick Douglass and Nat Turner. Ward acted in several plays and made a splash as a playwright with his one-act, Day of Absence, in 1965. It told the story of a southern town where all the black residents disappear for a day and was staged by black actors in whiteface. The Ford Foundation awarded Ward and two colleagues a grant to start the Negro Ensemble Company, which produced such hits as The River Niger and A Soldier's Play, and helped start the careers of Denzel Washington, Angela Bassett, and Samuel L. Jackson, among others. For NPR News, I'm Jeff London in New York.
1: A slight easing of what is currently one of the strictest lockdowns in Europe. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson saying children will be permitted to return to the classroom and within the next two weeks. People will also be permitted to meet a friend for coffee in the park. Or those wishing to get a haircut, eat a meal in a restaurant, or stop by the local pub will be waiting for a few months longer. Under The plan announced today schools can reopen in Britain March 8th. Britain has among the worst outbreaks in Europe with 120,000 COVID-19 deaths. Crude oil futures were up $2.45 a barrel to 61.69 dollars today. I'm Jack Spear, NPR News.
2: This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. It's one of the most important questions in this phase in the battle against the pandemic. When can we start reopening California schools? Well, starting today, some schools in San Bernardino and in the Santa Clarita Valley, north of LA, are welcoming students back to classes while maintaining COVID precautions. To hasten more reopenings, Governor Newsom has announced a plan to set aside 10% of vaccine supplies for school employees. Here's Newsom speaking about that yesterday in Inglewood. And that should make a very meaningful difference to get our youngest kids back in school safely. They need to get back into school for their mental health, their social emotional support that they get in person learning. We can do that, we can do it safely. But a few moments after saying that, the governor cautioned that school reopenings are contingent on an adequate supply of vaccines. Meanwhile, many teachers unions and classroom instructors are opposed to school reopenings. They want to see lower coronavirus caseloads, more vaccinations, and improvements to campuses like better heating and air conditioning to help with airflow. At a teacher's car caravan protest in Los Angeles over the weekend, I got the perspective of one elementary school instructor. Lawrence Candera talked about what he wanted to see before returning to work.
6: At the very least having teachers and um, staff vaccinated and training so that they try to regulate certain things and having small class sizes, that would be, I guess, optimal, but opening now would be criminal. It would be irresponsible and unethical in my opinion.
2: And what do you say to all the people out there, particularly families and parents, who say these classrooms have got to get open soon. It's been way too long. You say
6: what? I say that classes have been open. We've been, as educators, I'm currently working online, assisting other teachers. We are working day and night to make sure that there's some form of education. But,
2: that, but that's not thats not the same though, right? Would you acknowledge
6: that? It's clearly not the same. i rather much be in classrooms, teaching the students in person. I definitely agree that it is not the same. Do I want that to happen soon? Yeah, I do. Not until it's safe to do so though. I don't want to be responsible or I don't want to know that I've contributed to someone else's possible death. You know, I, I just don't want to do that or my my own safety. That's teacher
2: Lawrence Candera. Some parents organizations, meanwhile, are calling for faster school reopenings with one group in Los Angeles staging what's called a zoom out protest today. And staying on education in San Francisco, the school board is pausing its controversial proposal to rename 44 schools, like George Washington High School and Lincoln High School. The board intended to cut ties with historical figures for their racist actions, but the resolution drew fire and ridicule locally and nationally. Critics argued that the process had research errors and said the board's focus in the pandemic should be getting kids back in the classrooms. In a statement in San Francisco Chronicle op-ed Sunday night, Board President Gabriela Lopez took responsibility for mistakes made in the renaming process and said the renaming plan would be put on hold until schools are back open.
1: Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Hint. Water with a touch of true fruit flavor. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, working to advance the frontiers of ocean research, sharing the connection between life on land and life at sea with everyone, everywhere. And Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org AdaptingCare. One of the Trump administration's most controversial changes to
2: U.S. immigration policies was the so-called Remain in Mexico program. It required people seeking asylum in the U.S. to stay south of the border as their asylum cases were being reviewed. But under the Biden administration, Remain in Mexico is being rolled back. The first tangible example of that was the processing of a group of asylum seekers at the San Ysidro Port of Entry, south of San Diego, on Friday. KPBS reporter Max Rivlin-Nadler was there and has this report.
3: 25 asylum seekers were loaded onto a bus on Friday morning and driven into the United States, where they'll continue their asylum cases, no longer made to wait in Mexico. They're the first of at least 25,000 people with open cases who will be allowed into the U.S. But for others who are at the port of entry on Friday, the waiting continues. Some of the people lined up on Friday had been there for as long as three days. Many were not part of the Remain in Mexico program, which right now means they're not eligible to be processed. One of those people camped out was Marjorie Rosales. She was from Honduras, which she fled because she was sexually assaulted after an extortion attempt. She spent one year in Chiapas, Mexico, waiting for a visa, and has been in Tijuana for a year. She desperately wants to claim asylum for her and her two-year-old daughter. She makes a living selling ice cream on the street.
7: She
3: says she's waiting for the president to open his heart and help those on the border, because they're sleeping outside, and it's cold. Many migrants came to the port of entry on Friday looking for information, and advocates handed out flyers to explain who qualified for the new policy. But the border remains closed for almost all asylum seekers, including the thousands of Haitians and Cameroonians in Tijuana who were never enrolled in the program. Alex Mensing with Innovation Law Lab helped migrants understand Friday's changes.
8: So today.
2: Um a lot of people have showed up to the port of entry um, who don't have enough information, who maybe don't quite understand what MPP is, who have heard rumors or misinformation about what is going to happen today.
3: The 25 people that were admitted to the US on Friday were tested for COVID 19 beforehand. They'll now be helped by the San Diego Rapid Response Network, a coalition of local nonprofits, and the county, which has provided hotel rooms for the asylum seekers. Michael Hopkins is the organization's president.
2: They'll be transported to uh, to a hotel, local hotels. Um, and then we'll begin that work of uh, doing the health screening, um, figuring out where they're going, uh, helping them make contact, figuring out whether they have the funds or we need to provide the funds for the air travel.
3: The Rapid Response Network says it's prepared for the program to ramp up to hundreds of asylum seekers each day. But for the thousands in Tijuana this program doesn't yet apply to, they'll continue to remain. For the California Report, I'm Max Glenadler in Tijuana.
2: And that's the California Report for Monday, February 22nd, a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in L.A. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.
8: This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. A prosecutor in Northern California is going after five indigenous activists who toppled a statue of Junipero Serra last year in protest of the Catholic Mission System's founder. They all face felony charges, but community groups are calling for the charges to be dropped. Christina Onestead reports.
7: They're called the Indigenous People's Day 5. The group of Indigenous women and two spirit activists are charged with felony vandalism for toppling a statue of Unipero Serra on Indigenous People's Day 2020, right out front of the Mission San Rafael in Marin County, California. Karina Gold is leader of the Confederated Villages of Lujon Ohlone, one of the tribes enslaved into the mission system Unipero Serra founded. She's calling for the charges to be dropped.
3: Our tribal people have been the objects of, of genocide here in California by the Catholic Church since the inception of California. The Junipero Serra, the statue that was taken down in October, is a um, a symbol to California Native people and to many other indigenous people about the genocide that happened on our lands when the Catholic Church first came here.
7: Despite the Catholic Church's history of genocide against Native Americans, some of its members have demanded Marin County's district attorney add a hate crimes charge against the activists. But more than 50 community groups and 75,000 petition signatories are demanding the charges be dropped, noting the nationwide reckoning with symbols of oppression. I'm Christina Honested reporting from San Rafael, California. For National Native News.
8: A nonprofit advocating for the protection of Oak Flat, a sacred site in Arizona, is appealing a federal judge's decision to not temporarily block the project that will turn the land into a copper mine. Emma Gibson from Arizona Public Media has more.
0: The nonprofit Apache Stronghold is one of a few groups that sued to stop a congressionally mandated land swap of U.S. Forest Service land, which includes Oak Flat to Resolution Copper, a subsidiary of international copper companies. Attorney Luke Goodrich is representing Apache Stronghold in the appeal. He says the federal government plans to transfer the land on March 11th.
3: The government is actually destroying a centuries-old sacred site and making the religious practices there impossible. And so this case is actually really an easy case
2: when it comes to finding a substantial burden on religious exercise.
0: They're challenging the judge's order that said the land swap wouldn't be a substantial burden on the Apache people's religious practice, among other things. Goodrich says he expects the court to rule before the March deadline. For National Native News, I'm Emma Gibson.
8: The National Congress of American Indians winter session kicks off this week, which is being held virtually. NCAI President Fawn Sharp delivers the State of Indian Nations address Monday, Tribal leaders throughout the week will interact with federal officials, White House representatives, and U.S. lawmakers. Tribal leaders are laying out priorities for the year and developing plans to work with the Biden administration and Congress. COVID-19 and the confirmation hearing for Deb Holland for Interior Secretary are among top agenda items. The LeCoultre Band of Ojibwe in Wisconsin is holding mass COVID-19 vaccination events planned for the next seven Wednesdays. The tribe's clinic vaccinated more than 200 community members at its first event last week. The vaccines are open to eligible tribal members 18 years old and over. I'm Antonia Gonzalez.
1: National Native News
2: is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation, with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by the Center for Indigenous Cancer Research at Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center, dedicated to cancer research, medicine, and cancer care for indigenous population. A no-charge online risk assessment tool is available at roswellpark.org slash assessme. Support by the American Indian College Fund providing scholarships to Native students of every age for over 30 years. Applications for the upcoming school year accepted through May 31st at collegefund.org. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.
4: State lawmakers proposed a bill to ban fracking last week, but one city, Culver City, already has taken a big step in that direction. In October, the city council approved a resolution to wind down drilling within five years. Staff are working on an ordinance now. The city hosts 10% of the Inglewood oil field, which has been drilling for about 100 years. Former Mayor Megan Solly-Wells says neighbors are troubled by reports of miscarriages and cancer diagnoses in parts of the city. Cancer over cancer over cancer in the communities closest to the oil field. We have a ton of anecdotal stories of people in our community who look at the pollution that's happening at the oil field site as the culprit. She adds more data is needed. The L.A. County Department of Public Health is studying the area to determine any link between oil fields and health problems. And the California Air Resources Board is about to start monitoring air quality around the state's oil fields. At a council meeting, mineral rights owners called the plan an unconstitutional violation of their property rights. The city council commissioned a study that showed that the current operator will recoup their investment by this year. Solly Wells says to fight climate change, we must keep fossil fuels in the ground. Not just in our energy, but in our transportation, in our housing policy, in our waste management. We're really trying to model what we would like to see statewide and internationally. The plan calls for retraining workers to remediate the site. The other 90 percent of the Inglewood oil field is in an unincorporated part of L.A. County. Sally Wells hopes that the County Board of Supervisors will consider a similar approach and redevelop the site into a new Central Park of the West. For California News Service, I'm Suzanne Potter.
0: In the regional weather forecast, the week will start with unseasonably warm days with near-record highs forecast for Tuesday. High temperatures will fall closer to their seasonal averages later in the week. In Nevada City and Grass Valley, partly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 50 degrees. Tuesday is expected to be sunny with a high of 70 degrees and a low of 45. Tonight in Truckee, partly cloudy with an overnight low of 26. Tuesday in Truckee, mostly sunny with a high of 50 degrees and a low of 17. In Sacramento, mostly clear tonight with an overnight low of 46 degrees. Tuesday in Sacramento, partly cloudy skies with a high of 75 degrees and a low of 46. A 14-year-old boy has turned himself in to Nevada City Police in connection with an armed robbery Saturday, authorities said today. Nevada City Police Lieutenant Paul Rode told the Union newspaper the teenager, who is from out of the area, confided in someone who convinced him to admit to the crime he was cited on the robbery charge and released. On their Facebook page, Nevada City police said a couple was walking with their dog in the 100 block of North Pine Street at 4 p.m. Saturday when a young man walked up behind them and demanded their camera. One of the victims called 911 to report a robbery with a handgun, according to dispatch reports. The suspect was holding a black pistol, the Facebook post stated. The suspect took the camera and ran up the street toward the courthouse. The victims were not injured, according to dispatch reports. The camera was recovered and will be returned to the victims, Lieutenant Rhodes said. He added it was not clear whether the boy used a real weapon or a replica. That remains under investigation. It's meeting week in Nevada County with several of our local government entities holding their regular meetings to conduct business all meetings are currently being held virtually. The Nevada County Board of Supervisors will meet at 9 a.m. Tuesday remotely from the Rood Center. The meeting is broadcast live on Nevada County Media Channel 17 in the Western County and on Sudden Link Channel 78 in the Eastern County and can be viewed live on the web at mynevadacounty.com slash boardmeetings. The meeting will include a COVID-19 update with Dr. Scott Kellerman, the County Public Health Officer, and Public Information Officer Taylor Wolfe. The Grass Valley City Council will meet at 7 p.m. Tuesday. One item on the agenda is the recommendation by the City Historical Commission to designate the former home of the African Methodist Episcopal Church as a historic site. The Grass Valley AME Church was erected in 1854 on South Church Street. The site is now occupied by four homes built in 1894. The City Council of Nevada City will hold its first meeting with its new interim city manager at 6.30 p.m. Wednesday. Joan Philippe, former city manager for Calusa and a number of other cities, was appointed interim city manager while the search goes on for a permanent hire. The meeting can be found on the City's YouTube channel, on Channel 17, and on the City's website. And lastly, the Nevada Irrigation District Board of Directors will meet via Zoom webinar at 9 a.m. Wednesday. Rocks and minerals tell stories. Alan Stoller relates some of the plot lines we should
5: listen for. Rocks are not random. Rocks bear witness to what they've been through. Rocks tell stories. The oldest rocks with the oldest stories do not come from Earth. The oldest rocks fall out of the sky. Meteors shooting stars, which are not stars, of course, but rocks chunks of rock falling from space, some chunks so old they're as old as the sun, and they carry within themselves bits and pieces of stuff that's older than the sun, older than the planets, older than Earth. They tell a story of what it was like when the stuff that would become the sun, the stuff that would become the Earth, was simply a cloud, gas and dust, drifting through space. The oldest rocks that do come from Earth, the oldest bits and pieces of rock, are crystals that were once part of solid rock. But the rock, over the eons, disintegrated. Only these bits and pieces, crystals of the mineral zircon, only these survived to become parts of newer, younger rock. Those earliest, oldest crystals tell of an Earth with plenty of air, But zero oxygen in that air, an earth on which rain fell, flowed down the hillsides, filled the first oceans. The first green things grew only in those oceans, nothing grew on land, until, after billions of years, the rocks of the land had broken down enough to create some semblance of soil. We jump ahead to much younger rocks, much younger stories to the salt-and-pepper granitic rock that lies beneath our feet here in the foothills. The salt-and-pepper pattern tells us that this rock was once molten, once liquid like water. Until now, this rock had never seen the light of day, had never risen to anywhere near the surface of the earth. The salt-and-pepper pattern of this rock tells us this story, that the molten rock had to cool slowly, for those crystals to grow large enough to create that salt and pepper pattern. Had it reached the surface while it was still hot, this rock would have cooled so quickly no crystals could have grown large enough to be visible to the eye. It's not hard to find the last of the minerals to have crystallized, veins of white quartz, quartz that had crystallized out of the last of that molten rock. Essentially, out of water. And sometimes, something else that had been dissolved in that water, sometimes that too crystallized out with the quartz. That was gold. Even younger rock, way younger rock, can be found on the east side of the Sierra, around Mammoth Mountain, where rock is coming up to the surface, solidifying too fast to form crystals some of it solidifying so fast it's forming glass. Now we've got a robot explorer, a robot geologist on Mars. What I found intriguing, something discovered by previous generations of Martian rovers, is that some minerals that are rare on Earth can be common on Mars. And vice versa. Minerals common on Earth can be very hard to find on Mars. Clues to the histories of both planets. What our robot geologists will be looking out for, especially, are minerals containing organic molecules. Organic molecules are those with lots of carbon atoms that could possibly have once existed in something alive. More stories from rocks in the near future. For KVMR, I'm Al Stahler.
0: That's our newscast. Coming up next at six thirty, it's Wings, the Women's International News Gathering Service, with an in-depth look at the historic achievements of Lulu Belle Madison White, a pivotal organizer for Black voting rights in the United States. And at 7 p.m., it's Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. You've been listening to the KVMR Evening News on KVMR in Nevada City. Now KVMR wants to listen to you. We want your opinion on how we can make KVMR even better. So help us out by taking our listener survey today. You can find it online at kvmr.org survey. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza and airs at 6 p.m. every Monday through Friday. If you have an opinion you'd like to share, think about submitting a commentary to news at kvmr.org. Commentary guidelines can be found at our website under the news section.